0: Hello everybody, QI Punks, episode 5, Developing Change Ideas. So we are through the mathematics portion of this, uh, at least the heavy math portion, the kind of theoretical mathematics portion, and now we're going to get into the parts that most people find to be the more enjoyable, really, really fun parts about quality improvement. Uh, what are we going to look at? What are we going to change? How are we going to make our systems better? And that's what we're going to talk about today. If you graph the numbers of any system, patterns emerge. Four, eight, 15, 15, and twenty three. Simple mathematics. Work at eight. Dude. I got hundred and forty one and two thirds chance. <laughs> I'll
1: revolve around science.
0: The numbers don't. So, Data is Revolting, Episode 5. And today we're going to start talking about developing change ideas. So, we've talked about systems versus the individuals, and that what we're really talking about is how we change systems for the better. We've talked about how to display data in time sequence so that you can see what your actual system is doing. Talked a little bit about variation, and then talked about how we would see through some of that variation and know when our systems are actually getting better or potentially getting worse hopefully better as we go through this so now that we can count data over time and and maybe you've picked a project already maybe you've picked something within your healthcare organization uh, within your EMS system or maybe you're just picking a personal project um, as something to play around with uh, to some of these concepts, uh, for instance, like the one I've been talking about, the the cursing reduction project that I did where I wasn't really happy with how much profanity I was using at work and uh, wanted to, to make that different, make that better, and also gave me a really good opportunity to practice some of these quality improvement tools. So once you look at a system and you say, I I don't think that's good enough, either it's a a positive attribute and it's something we want to do more of, or potentially like with my cursing thing, something I saw as a negative attribute that I wanted to do less of, how do you know what's contributing to that performance? How do you actually pick on something to change? Um... And I'll just give a couple of examples from projects I've worked on, kind of talk through some of this theoretically, and then just maybe give some really um, some some hints and, and things that I've picked up from other people and from my own projects about how to make things better. One thing is when you go to look at a system your view of what's wrong is going to be really different based on your level within the organization and you can find people that that put numbers behind these things where they say you know like executive level leadership only sees 5 or 6% of the actual Contributing factors to the problems within an environment. Um, and mid level managers might get like 12 or 15%. And a frontline supervisor might actually see like two thirds of what's really going on. And it's those frontline workers. Um, if you work in healthcare like I do, you know, you're within an EMS system, those are your frontline healthcare providers, the people that actually touch. The patients or in certain health systems, you know, potentially the, the registrars or the receptionists, but the people doing the boots on the ground work, actually interacting with the public, interacting with the patients, interacting with customers, depending on what work environment you're in. Those folks tend to see the flaws within the system. They tend to see what's wrong a little more clearly and a little more accurately. So if you don't work, in the front line of your EMS system or you don't work in the front line of a healthcare system your supervisor your manager um your you know chief operating officer let's say necessarily you really need to get down and talk to those people that do um, The very first time things are going catastrophically wrong is probably not the time to build those relationships. So if you are a leader within healthcare, uh, you're a supervisor, a manager within a healthcare organization, you, you need to be developing relationships with your frontline staff early on so that there's that trust built. But so let's say you go down and, and you're and you're wanting to talk about what's what's going wrong, you want to talk about things to to make better, um, you know, one, talk to your people. Um, but also, it kind of depends on what you want to fix. If we're talking about about a a clinical thing. Um, And one of the things that I've worked on was a uh, cardiac care program that we did within our EMS system, Uh, trying to make sure that our chest pain patients got all the right medications, uh, make sure they got those efficiently. Um, And so if you're going to try out change ideas like that, it's really, really important to understand that quality improvement work is not medical research. So anything that you're going to try on a patient, anything that you're going to do to, you know, either an individual patient or a population of patients within your system needs to be something that's really well supported in medical literature. That's why we have medical research. That's that's why there's groups that publish and, and do those things. So if, if you can find something in the, in the literature, great. Those are probably good ideas. Um, you know, most EMS systems at this point would say, like, for cardiac arrest— We're pretty sure that continuous compressions is a really, really important thing to do. Um, And can your EMS system guarantee that it's giving people early access to CPR and continuous compressions done without interruptions? And if it can't, that's a good improvement project uh, because those ideas trying to work towards more robust, uh, pauseless, for lack of a better word, continuous compressions is really, really well supported in literature. Or if you wanted to work on the care of chest pain patients, someone who's having cardiac chest pain and you say, ooh, you know, we only let's say hypothetically, I don't know, totally maybe not taking this from my own system, you only give aspirin to 30% of your your cardiac chest pain patients. Um, Everybody, I'm assuming, would look at that and go, ooh, that is not good enough. It can be kind of embarrassing when your local medical director receives a a phone call from a state-level person and lets them know that, Uh, but can also be the catalyst for a really fun improvement project because giving aspirin to a chest pain patient is very, very well supported in the literature. But outside of that, let's let's say you're not working on a on a clinical problem. Let's say you were doing like what I did, and you said, "Holy moly, I think I curse way too much," and I'm going to work on this project. It's going to give me an opportunity to practice uh, the quality improvement skills that I'm looking to work on. Or you say a really really common personal improvement project people do is maybe I want to lose ten pounds, and that sort of thing. So you look at the outcome of of what you're trying to do. And, and so for me, it was how many swear words I said every day. So that's the outcome of my system. Uh, and the, the system being, you know, Brad lacks the skills to express himself in a way that doesn't involve profanity in his work environment necessarily. Um, And I can break that down into different processes. I can break that down into pre-scheduled meetings I have. I can break that down into casual conversations I have with people in the hallway. I can break that down to if I receive a phone call from an allied agency. So you can break your system down into lots and lots of different processes. And what you want to do is either take that system or take that process and you really want to rework it. Um, You want to try to change a process, real fundamental change. Um, what you don't want to do is you don't want to say like, oh, well, I'm going to do more of something I already do. Uh, and that, that's really common, uh, especially when we talk about other things in healthcare. It's really, really common for the answer to be, we just need more. So we need more money or we need more people or we need more effort. That's That's a really, really common one. Um, something's going wrong within the system. What do we need? We need more effort from everybody. We need everybody to be giving it their all. Um, and the the hard part about that is that everybody already is. And that's why we're in the state that we're in. Or we need to make more rules. We need to make more consequences. We need to have more uh, accountability, things like that. You'll You'll hear a lot of more answers when problems are going wrong. And it's not to say that those are necessarily incorrect, uh, but they're probably not super helpful. Uh, Most of the time, at least in healthcare, everybody's already giving their all. Everybody already feels pretty accountable. Everyone's pretty responsible for the patients and for the outcome um, and for the people that they serve. And yet we still have pretty big fundamental problems. Um, For instance, if say I had a system that was only giving aspirin to 30% of their chest pain patients. Uh, The answer wasn't for people to, you know, give more effort for people to be more diligent about their work on that, that, that wasn't going to change anything. Everybody was already working hard. So, so yeah, really trying to look at, you know, what are some of the fundamental processes that drive this? And so when I looked at my, my cursing program, or my cursing project, as I called it, uh, one of the things that I found was I would get myself into a situation uh, and... You know, swear words were coming out and it was because I was really lacking uh, a better way to uh, to approach that or a better way to express what I was feeling on those things. And and it was usually because I was kind of just going off the cuff. I was having a casual conversation um, in an environment where maybe being that casual wasn't appropriate. And so I really had to sit back and put a little bit of time and energy and focus into Uh, into what I was going to do. And and so one of my change ideas on that was every time I caught myself uh, using profanity at work, I would write down the situation that I found myself in, kind of the the, uh, event that was preceding that behavior. And then I would write down what someone had directly said to me prior to that. And then I wrote down what my answer had been, including the swear word. And then I'd go, I'd just write that down. Um, and at the end of the day, once I was kind of done with work and I was at home and I'd calmed down and got myself out of, uh, out of work mode, I would sit down and I would review those things that had gone on throughout the day. And I would write out four or five different ways I could have responded to that, that didn't involve profanity. Um, and so, uh, you know, hypothetically, I was brought up with a problem and I was like, man, fuck that shit. Um, as sort of my response, um, I would need to write that down, uh, and would need to change things around and maybe not use those words. Um, and so, you know, write down some, some different ideas and be like, okay, so that didn't work. Well, how about that shit's fucked? I'm like, oh, that doesn't work either. That's, that's the same exact words, just in a different order. Uh, but trying to come up with ideas for ways to express that. And then settling on one that I liked and I'd write it out a few more different times and try to burn that into my memory as a better default option than, man, fuck that shit, um, which is not always the best response. Sometimes it's the perfect response, um, but it depends on what you're wanting to do. So so not just doing more of the same, not just me working harder. Not just me focusing, or me putting in more effort, or me giving it my all, but really going in and saying, like, what, what was the system? What was the process that drove that behavior, that drove the outcome I didn't like, and how do I try to build a better process in for myself? How do I start having better answers for that? Um, and the best part about all this, um, and, and I can post the, the curse reduction chart again uh, to kind of show this, is you don't have to get it perfect the first time. When you start looking for change ideas, when you start brainstorming through things, this doesn't have to fix your entire problem. If this is a good thing that you want to do and you think it should happen 100% of the time, um, and let's say you're doing something 30% of the time, I don't know, say aspirin maybe, um, for those chest pain patients, you don't have to go from 30% to 100% overnight. 100% is not the goal. For my curse reduction thing, I didn't throw out this first idea and suddenly go from a whole lot to zero. It didn't change my entire world overnight, nor should it. But what you're trying to do is brainstorm something that you can go in tomorrow, the next day, and put into practice really quickly that you think is going to make a difference. And like we talked about, you're either going to start seeing data points above your median Or data points below your median and if you get those and it goes for eight days in a row doesn't matter how much it shifts your median few percentage points I'm gonna say five to ten percent because I like numbers that end in five and zero just like everybody does Um, but you don't have to change the world overnight you're gonna go out and change something tomorrow try something little cool it works great keep it going it kind of works but didn't quite maybe you modify it Um, it didn't work at all great let's try something else so you're not getting perfect overnight One, it's really, really unlikely. It's actually really hard to find the one perfect silver bullet solution that fixes your entire problem in one fell swoop. And even if you were to find that thing, it is going to take you forever to figure that out. Designing a brand new system that fixes every single problem overnight, all at once, takes a really, really long time. And sometimes by the time you're done finding that perfect solution, the conditions that created the problem have changed. And so the perfect solution for that problem six months ago no longer fixes the current problem because things have changed. So little tiny things, small tests to change. What can we try tomorrow? What can we try the next day? Um, If you work within a good team, let's say you've got a great team within a healthcare environment, you could have four or five different people Try four or five different things tomorrow and track their own performance. Like, okay, well, two of those five things worked really well and three of them didn't seem to. So let's take those two things and maybe all of us next week do those exact two things that a couple of people thought made a really big difference. And now we'll see if it if it spreads, see if it scales to all of us. Or in my department, it really looks like we figured out problem X. So now let's see if we can pin it over on department Y. Or if I work on floor two, let's see if it works on floor three. So little teeny ideas um, can make a huge bit of difference. So as you develop your change ideas, you start to look at those problems, really look deep in your process. See what inside your process is driving that. Maybe even kind of walk through the the progression of things that lead up to errors, whatever those errors are, or that lead up to the good thing happening. What creates a good process versus a bad process? Uh, we looked at a lot of things about what led to patients getting aspirin versus it looking like patients didn't get aspirin. And We'll talk about that aspirin project a lot more because that's that's been a really fun one. Um, and, uh, and yeah, there was a lot that, that played into it. There was no one thing that was going to fix that issue for us. Uh, but we piled up five or six different little things, different change ideas that we had that all of a sudden corrected most of the problem. So no silver bullets, no one size fits all. But this developing change ideas piece is where you really, really start to have fun with improvement. Um, this is where things get exciting. You start to experiment. You have little labs. And, uh, and like we talked about if it, if it involves patients really needs to be stuff that's supported in medical literature if you can't find any medical literature on a thing that you'd like to try with patients what you're talking about is research totally different approach um, and that's not really something that, that this podcast or or I myself am qualified to talk about at all um, I have very very minimal uh, minimal experience doing medical research uh, and I'm not very good at it so you don't want me being a medical researcher but when we talk about process improvement talk about quality improvement you know you want to, you want to lose weight, you want to reduce your cursing, you want to give more aspirin to your chest pain patients, uh, you want to improve the amount of chest compressions that you do uh, on cardiac arrest patients, or you want to improve your 5K times, whatever it is that you're doing an improvement process on, uh, those are fun. So grab a couple of people, um, preferably one of them a frontline worker that actually touches the process themselves, and start brainstorming these ideas, these what can we do tomorrow Start moving the needle on our system and think a lot deeper than, well, let's just all go work a little bit harder and see if we we can get the results that we want by everybody giving their all and everybody giving their best efforts. They're already giving their best efforts, so we need to start reprogramming our systems getting rid of some of the complexity, getting rid of some of the chaos that we find within our systems, and start designing things that are easy to use, easy to access, um, and really starts to reframe the work that we do to get the right thing done off the bat. We're going to keep talking about this as we talk about testing our change ideas and what to do with them in episode six. So until then, um, let me know. Is this Making a difference? Does this stuff even matter? Are you are you enjoying what you hear? Are you not enjoying what you hear? Um, I'm looking for feedback. Part of this podcast is my own little personal QI project. Um, I obviously want to get better at this. I think I've done so in the last four or five episodes. Um, it certainly feels a little bit more comfortable. I'm sure I have a huge amount of progress to continue to make uh, as I run through this thing. And, and who knows, I get to the end of this 12 or 13 episode series, I may go back and re-record all of them because I don't like how I sound anymore so until next time um yeah hopefully you're doing well start thinking of those change ideas and in the next episode we're going to start testing them